Welcome to the Dan and Kimberly Podcast, episode 17. Because I listen to like so many other podcasts, especially like stuff that takes research. I know. Like last podcast on last or something where they're like researching like a serial killer or like some like they're like reading these like two books on like the Men in Black or something to like talk about aliens for like a three parter. And I'm just like, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> like we're just like, what have we talked about yet? What do you want to talk about this week? Uh huh. I was listening to um podcast on depression i may have already mentioned it to you but it was so well curated and of course it's done by npr yeah. and so it's like an interview but then he's like there's these pauses in between where he's like and he explains his facial expressions and he hesitated and it's like such good packaging that made you feel like you were more there i was like yeah we're not doing that i think everyone at npr is like goes to the same school and or like has this like very very gifted set of people that taught them what they do there's so many stuff like there's so many random podcast kind of things on there that like regardless of content if i agree with it or not which i usually do but, like regardless like the way they put stuff together i'm like oh that's like kind of eclectic and neat yeah. and, like that has a certain style that yeah mm-hmm. they weave in the music and the storytelling and the curation and all of it it's like yeah oh, i'm just talking to dan because it's fun yeah and like a little <laughs> bit of music I, I was actually thinking oh by the way hi i'm dan <laughs> hi i'm kimberly uh, kimberly joy <laughs> is that you <laughs> Good start. I don't know. I'm Kimberly Joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Uh, I'm beknownst to everyone else. I actually have another person here today. <laughs> she, she's filling in and faking it. Right. Well, I don't actually use my last name because it's like this really weird felon rapist if you look it up. So I use my middle name. So I sometimes forget which name I'm using to introduce myself with. You do, least, you do pretty good. You've done <laughs> yeah. pretty good so far. We're on like 16 or 17. Yeah, or 17. Nonsense. <laughs> and like... That's a bit of a thing. Though I, I do notice I get two separate sets of emails from you at times, which have two different <laughs> last names on the but that's fine. It's my split personality. Yeah. It's all good. I know who you are. Good, good. <laughs> um, yeah, it, but it's also interesting, like, the idea of, so instead of just having an intro, like, we have an intro mm-hmm. and intro now, thanks mm-hmm. to you. Um, like, adding music in the middle. It still reminds me of that YouTube guy that I love, but I can't remember his name because I just don't remember his name fairly. But he always puts like this really, really intense like music that's like like he's like falafelizing just over it. Falafelizing? That's right. (laughs) Falafelizing. I like how that organically got to tape finally. This is good. I like to make up words, dear listeners. (laughs) It's as Um, tasty as a falafel but as smart as a prophet. Yeah. So we could do that. We're making a good point. We're like, uh-huh. dude, let's lay a track under that. And then all of a sudden it's a really good point. That would be the most popular episode ever. There you go. It's like our own superhero music. <laughs> exactly. We could do superhero landings while we're talking and everything. Well, actually, I was noticing a couple episodes ago. I didn't bring it up, but I can bring it up now, which actually has no context for them because they have no video at all ever. Like, oh, no. Every time you talk about your self-image, do you know mm-hmm. you do this? You do a Superman pose. You can't see- Okay. My, 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 my camera's like super dense, you can't see it. But like yours is a little bit further back, so I can obviously like put your arms up and you do this. That's hilarious. And I'm like, hell yeah. Because I remember doing that because I was like, um, I was helping like explain to like a cousin or something like years and years ago when I was visiting mm-hmm. um, family. Because um, someone, like someone in the family was my aunt or someone was like telling a story and like I was trying to explain it to little kids. And yeah, that, that pose is good. 
for like showing the good guy. You're just like ah. the power pose. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. A whole lot of stuff is missed in context with them not having video. Right. We're a lot more animated than we seem. I, I had my manager actually be like, um, "What were you doing?" This was last Monday because uh-huh. I, was, I was recording the office, but instead of using like the sneaky side breakout room where no one can really see me, mm-hmm. uh, I would I had to take like a middler one because because uh, the other ones were full. And it's like right by his desk, and he's like, "You were very animated, more animated than I don't normally see you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I gotta like keep my energy up. Like this isn't fake energy, but it is tr- mm-hmm. tricky sometimes to talk for an hour and not like go a little bit monotone eventually." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Yeah, I wave my hands, I do stuff. Yeah. It's cardio." Yeah, he he kicks the table. Yeah, well, that was that was pre punk. <laughs> <laughs> the other fun thing about watching yourself, I never noticed the image thing, but I can now tell when I'm coaching if I'm starting to like want them to believe me. Like, oh, I gotta sell this point. It's really important. I'll start leaning in. Oh, nice. And then I can see my face getting bigger. Like, oh, I think I just need to let go a little bit because I've kind of taken this personally here. This isn't my coaching session. <laughs> it's the same as uh. Like when I get really invested, I like adjust. Yeah. So you can like do this and then I get like, <laughs> my posture like changes. I, have I, I love that. Cause I know I notice I'm doing it. Cause it's like a, it's a noticeable thing. You're like moving the chair me. around. Um, but like, it's good. It like amps me in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, all this stuff about like being in your best possible state mm-hmm. for a thing is kind of fun. Yeah. It doesn't always uh, follow cultural norms either. <laughs> I agree with that. I don't think I, call, I follow many cultural norms. No, but uh, I think that leads into our topic today, which is extending people grace. <laughs> yeah, so, boom. Wow. Boom. <laughs> that was actually, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll pose for you. Superman. Here we go. Damn, yeah, see, that's what you do. Literally. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Will this podcast get super topical over time as we decide what we're going to talk about for like the next 40 episodes? I have no idea. <laughs> But today I was like, man, because in the last couple of our conversations online, like in text, Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking about how, um, like the current cultural climate is really interesting. Um, cause people are like getting a lot of like power. I I like your example better. Cause you were like, it's like they're kids in candy stores. (laughs) Uh, cause I was, I was like, we're doing a lot of cool stuff. It feels like, man, it's a shame that my brain is so like spiral dynamic caught up. Cause like, what I want to say is like, it feels like in this weird spot between transitioning from like orange to green, mm-hmm. where like you go from this thing where like people are like really individualistic and it's like bend the rules and do the thing, get ahead, like try to win, try to achieve, try to collect, um, to this thing where like, we should be playing fair. Why are we treating people better? Uh-huh. And, and so when, when that like, humane like humanitarian part of us starts getting amplified again we get like some of the stuff that's happening right now which is really neat where like it's like destroy all the like random incessant awful things that are embedded in all these systems right so then that's cool i mean and and that's going to be like probably like painful and uh not dangerous but just like that's going to create some weirdness that's going to create some strife because you're like destroying stuff and, and like maybe you're destroying bad people. I'm not sure. I can think of evil people, I guess, but my examples are like incredibly, incredibly extreme. Everyone else I think is just doing human stuff and kind of failing or being yeah, stupid. Right. Um, so like, 
So you have that, and I'm like super pro that. I, I'm doing this whole preface because like the rest of this is not so pro, but I'm super pro that where like mm-hmm. you should be like ripping apart systems to like remove really like diabolical things. Um, and then you like, but it seems that, okay, so now we have like all this power. That was my experience on Saturday. We have like all this power. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast, but like the, maybe not though, maybe just to you and like a whole bunch of conversations, but like in the old Testament, when people pissed you off or did something super stupid that was going to get everyone sick. So they all died. You would just exile them and then we get no food. And they'd have no shelter. And they literally just die. <laughs> like you'd be like you walk that way now you have like no friends you have no sports like mm-hmm. good luck getting clothes good luck getting food you're just done and like you can't really do that now it's like get out of edmonton okay i'll go to calgary okay i'll go to red deer like <laughs> like society doesn't really exile no we don't um but one good way to do the exact same thing and this is kind of a like um robert anton wilson thing but like you take away their 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 bio survival tickets you take away their money Mm-hmm. that's how you exile people today because like if you because even if they don't lose their house right away and they just go into a bunch of debt you're like adding strife and it's like it's a it's a cultural like no no like you're like bang you know you broke right. a cultural rule so now we're gonna punish you with stress right. <laughs> it's and, not serious enough to do all the paperwork and red tape to get you into prison yes we'll just shove you right down to the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of need <laughs> exactly which i mean is Especially if you have, like, a family or if you're, like, doing whatever, like, it can be, like, really, 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 it can probably be rougher mm-hmm. than just being, like, we're detaining you for a week. Instead, you're just, like, your life is over. Like, start mm-hmm. your life in, like, a new strata. Um, and so, to be topical for a second, what happened on Saturday was that Disney let go of James Gunn, uh, who was, like, a director who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I want to talk about Brace is not because I think anything he did for the reason why he'd let go should be like excused or whatever, but mainly because it happened 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mainly just him being uh, like kind of a dark comedy, edgy asshole mm. making jokes on Twitter about like rape and pedophilia and other stuff. Um, because like that was the niche he was in that like got him attention um on stuff and like there's lots of comics that do awful junk that's kind of their stick right um and so he was like garnering an audience just by being like uh what's that called like like a more of a shock culture um approach to just having attention right and then like a couple years after that he's like you know that's not good for my quality of health i don't like it at all makes me feel shitty that's all awful those were awful things like just straight up apologize this was like eight or six years ago or something Mm-hmm. And then he moved on and just like did other life stuff and made cool movies. It just seemed to become a totally stand up dude mm-hmm. that you want to like go have a beer with or whatever. And so, what I find interesting is like, and why I was bringing it up to you when I said it to you is like, that happens to everyone. Like, everyone's like a, a kid or young at some point and they make a whole bunch of mistakes and they fall forward and fall on their face. And sometimes you do like edgy stuff to make friends or you just like do whatever. Mm-hmm. and but now we live in a world where like like my kids and my grandkids i was talking to my sister about this too but like our kids are they're just integrated into the into this uh infinite archive forever like these podcasts mm-hmm. this opinion of mine even if this opinion changes 10 years from now someone can totally just pick up this podcast and be like 
Dan said the moving forward social change was actually kind of ham-fisted and like, I can't take candy store, what an asshole. And I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah, I did. And the dad here totally believes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it actually made me like, pretty angry and a little bit confused on Saturday because to me, um, it, it doesn't create the type of culture and environment that I love so much, which is like giving people the opportunity and the chance to grow and change. Right. Um, and then to prove it, like to actually like change. And then like you, and then like five years, you can tell if someone's actually like talking, like just talking shit or if they're actually like living it. But Dan, uh, he said things 10 years ago. He's obviously a horrible person forever. Right. <laughs> and, and so um, I don't know. So I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And like, get some of my thoughts on tape um, is like, I don't know what to do with it right now. Cause I'm, I'm super stoked that everyone's feeling super empowered and they can just like end lives and do whatever and cause social change. And it's super rad. Mm-hmm. Right. They have like all these, they have these giant hammers and they just slam down on like all the evil. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take that away. Cause that's pretty cool. That seems like a useful thing of the internet, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also like my grander scheme about like humanity and stuff is about like human potential. Right. And you have to give people the chance to like fail and be stupid and be young and see the world in different ways. And then like transform mm-hmm. from my perspective, like you just kind of have to. And so um, I was like, Kimberly, let's talk about like grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it's like, the question is like, what does that mean? Right. Cause I think a lot of people, um, struggle with both like how that would even work or like where that falls into enabling mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. Um, yeah, that's my preamble. That's yeah, like what, what's logical, what's sustainable. And then a lot of it is crowd mentality. I think what you're talking about, because most of those people probably wouldn't say those things to somebody's face. And a lot of those people just jump on the bandwagon because the momentum's already going and they want to get their pot shot in. So I do like people feeling empowered, but also I feel like that, that crowd mentality does reduce us down to uh, kids in the candy store. I don't know who said it. It's like a famous quote. Nobody's as dumb as everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like once we're all together, our IQ just drops. That social proof kicks in and we just assume that this is what we're doing because we are creatures that look at each other. But then how do we how do we use that as a useful tool and still extend grace? Because I am doing probably things now that I will hate in 10 years. Like, what was that? I don't know. But if I don't extend myself some grace and expect that I will change, my desire for consistency will keep me right where I am right now. Cause I don't want somebody to notice that there's something inconsistent. Right. Right. And also no. like, if you don't, I like how you said that, like extend yourself grace, right? Mm-hmm. Because while I was thinking about it, the part that actually got me like, not worried, but why my, why my blood was getting like a little bit boily. Mm-hmm. It was like, so we did a podcast on like self-love mm-hmm. and it's just like, how do you both hold the stance that if you were like a stupid dumbass 10 years ago, uh, that you're totally fucked now. Right. Cause the asshole wants asshole forever. How, how do you hold that stance with like the person you know the most intimately like yourself? Because, like, I remember stupid shit I did when I was, like, eight. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, I have stories as a kid where I'm, like, you were, like, a diabolical supervillain. I've probably told that story. That story's not going to tape right now. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, 
I've done stuff mm-hmm. like crazy wild things, trying to like exercise my power and do all these yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, and it was, I firmly believe like I've never killed anyone. Like I firmly believe that what I did was what seemed to make sense at the time to right. like figure out something. Uh, luckily that has never, I've never been like a huge fan of like power and control. So I've never done anything like super crazy when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's why I have a little bit of a naive look looking back, but I'm, I'm also a smart ass. So that's the other thing. So like I empathize with like, I've told very off color jokes and I still think they're hilarious. <laughs> and so like, so what do you do with that? Right? Like, cause, um, right. Sorry to go back to that thought. It's just like, to be the person I am now, I had to look back at the past and give that person a lot of like love and grace and space mm-hmm. and, and try to figure out like why they did what they did and not villainize myself so that right. I could actually have self-worth right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and like be in a position to like put myself out there and something like this right? or like keep pushing myself. And so it makes me think it just, it just makes me think like as a cultural entity, like if you take, cause if you take the, the herd mentality as not any single person. So this isn't like a call out to anyone who did anything. This is more like, if you just look at the wave, it's like, what other lessons is that teaching culture at large? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I don't know how you begin like the long road of practicing self-love and doing all that other stuff. Um, without, without learning lessons about forgiveness without learning lessons about giving people grace to change because you have to give yourself that. And so it's like, yeah, that's the part that scared me. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's part of my like higher level personal growth initiative. <laughs> <laughs> and the world is like, so enraptured by the social power they have right now. Right. Um, that I think we might be losing, like we may have to double back and gain even more ground in personal growth or like, so than I thought we did. Well, I feel like the narrative was like curated for so long or by humanity at large. We didn't all have a voice. We didn't all have a platform. It was just like, you know, the newspapers, it was the government, it was the church, it was, you know, your local community, whatever it was, was all being filtered down. Right. And now it's all coming up from the bottom. And it's like, we all have this, we're like the kids of the candy store, freedom, woohoo, we can eat as much as we want. And it's like we're, we're making ourselves sick right now because we're learning, I think, as a culture, a new skill. And I don't know how long this learning curve is. And it's um, very entertaining to watch because I'm not personally involved. But it's just interesting to um, see everybody struggling with it. And I don't know if too many people even know we're struggling with it. Yeah, it's interesting to see a society. Well, I think, okay, so one on that point. I think people have noticed mm-hmm. that like something's up. Um, and I know like some of the older generation is probably like angry or bewildered at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not coming from like, I'm very pro, like I'm from a space of like trying to understand. Mm-hmm. So like, I think some people are frustrated that like a whole bunch of random social justice is happening. Right. Well, um, it's not something we can even look at history and map. Right. This is kind of a new speak, the new space for humanity. And so I love, I love the idea of like uh, an entire cultural movement, learning a new skill. Mm-hmm. Cause I think so much about like people learning a new skill, like, mm-hmm. like trying to like garner, uh, you know, 
meditation or um, presence work or thought work or like anything. Um, and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, but what if like Western society like was trying to do a transition and with like technology and other stuff, they just, they had just had to learn this new skill. What does it look like on like a millions and millions and millions of people level of someone learning a new skill? It's like, well, you have like casualties and weird stuff. You have like people making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is like, are they seeing it as mistakes? Right? Like when, when does the learning lesson come? Right? Like when does the introspection, I'm, I'm among the most introspective person I know. So when, <laughs> when, does, when does society as a whole get introspective? Can it right. be, like, that's my, this is why I kind of want to talk about too, is like with a single person, you can like sit down and coach, mm-hmm. right? And you can be like, let's slow down. It's like, okay, what's that thought? Like, why is mm-hmm. that like spinning this thing? Like what's going on? What's under that? What's under that? What's under that? Okay. Is it like, is this the real thing? Okay. Like, and then you can like bring a little bit of stuff to light, but how do you do that with like Twitter? Like, <laughs> like, how, like, how do you do that with like, <laughs> a hundred million people that are not one person. Right. Right. And it's like, and, and now they're a herd. Like, how do you coach a herd? I don't, I'm not sure you can. Right. It's like, I don't know. Would it just be a matter of changing cultural perspectives? Like the, the, what we all believe is true narrative. Cause at one point there was like the right. printing press and the world fell apart and there were wars and now people are reading and now, Oh, it's so scary. We're right. going to die. Right. And now we all think reading is the best thing ever and everybody should read and literacy is the most important thing. So it's a different narrative. I just don't know what the narrative on the other side of this looks like. Yeah, me neither. And I think it's because you're right. There is no example. Yeah. The closest thing I can think of is the printing press. Like all of a sudden power, people, pamphlets. No. Right. Well, you can't be like, if you look at Roman times, they had a similar like political movement to do this thing. Right. Cause this is like different because um, cause our vested interest is so detached. Yeah. So like with enough like sway and voice, you could essentially like get anyone fired today. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know them. You just have to know their like online personality. And then you just have to have like some snippet of some fraction of their life. Um, and like, so the James Gunn example is from 10 years ago. Um, but I'm excited. I don't know if it will turn into a red flag, but I'm excited for people to like create casualties from stuff that happened. And I don't mean stuff like actual horrible actions. Uh, I mean, just people being stupid. Mm. Um, like 25 or 30 years ago. <laughs> like I, I want 45 year olds to have repercussions of things they did when they were 21 because, because that's what's happening. Like, so it's funny, right? Cause like you're giving me this face, like that's fucking stupid. Cause they're not like no, the same person at all. Like, it seemed a little bit like, uh, can't remember the German word. When you want other people to suffer the way you have. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't remember. Yes. Or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what's happening. I'm actually not that I did a whole bunch of really stupid stuff as a teenager, but like, I'm really happy that that wasn't documented for all time. And I'm just lucky that I was very anti-social media. There you go. Cause I was born in the right time to have the everything right online. Yeah. Um, and so that, I guess, I don't know how you help. So I'm not, I'm not even saying like, it's necessarily like 
everything's bad and it's awful and everyone's wounded and we need to like save things. But it's like, how do we, how do I, how do, uh, introspective people that are like aiming have, have in their life, like helped other people get towards health. Mm-hmm. How do you help like a society, like not implode or be like too brash or, or like, and maybe you can't, right? Maybe you can't any more than say a white blood cell fights an infection. So individually, one-on-one, we're all going to be, okay, let's like, okay, so can I coach my friend through this thing? They're throwing really big rocks. Like maybe I can connect with them and help them see. And I think as, as like my kids are going to be, they've been online since the day they were born, basically. Look, a baby, and now everybody can see. Yeah. So as the, the percentage of people whose entire life is documented grows, I think there's going to become more nuanced delicacy with how we weaponize this stuff. Does that make sense? Because everybody's going to have more and more of their life online. Everybody's um, like, oh, yeah, like we're all stupid. Look, <laughs> stupid thing James Gunn said. Ha, 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 ha. Does that make sense? There's going to become. Um, yes. That, okay. So that would be my hope. Right. That was like the time I. And we'll probably actually start paying people to clean up those messes. Okay. So that's what I was going to say. Okay. So I was going to say either that, either like we, we, there becomes a current and I'd be so proud because that would actually be very green, right? Like, a um, when you, when you get over the bump of that transition, mm-hmm. there'd be a whole bunch of room for like, uh, hearing people out and sharing space and, uh, giving grace and like, how does, how does this look fair? Mm-hmm. Um, and like learning some of those skills, so learning forgiveness, and like looking back and be and uh, learning um, empathy—that's the word I wanted. Because here's the thing: because I think it's a it's more an empathetic problem. Because if everyone in in if like the whole body of people looked back ten years with like an empathetic eye, mm-hmm. they would not want to be wep- what they were thinking of. They would not want to be weaponized. Right, I guarantee. Right. Right. That's like a very human feeling. I think it's universal for everyone. Mm-hmm. So like, um, so it's also like the loss of that like, empathetic guy. And green is like super empathetic. It's like, how, how, how is the whole doing? How's the commune doing this whole thing? Mm-hmm. So like, if we can get over the bump without like totally, um, like Imploding. eating ourselves alive, but okay, but we're on a bump, right? As it's mm-hmm. so orange. So the first thing that's going to happen is going to be monetized. Yeah. So dear listener, this would be a really good time to start blueprinting a company that does um, strategic reputation cleanup. I think there's already companies uh, out there. Online. There are. There are. Tapped up the money. Yeah. So, but you need it for the everyman. So here's the point with your kids. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone is going to have 100% of their lives online except the neophytes that decide that they're not going to be social media, which is going to get fewer and fewer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because but this is going to be kind of everybody's going to be online whether they want to or not because of all of the video streaming and all that facial recognition. And it's not going to matter if you choose not to, unless you live in a cave. So it might be the same as like having an accountant. Yeah. (laughs) But instead you have like a, like a cultural accountant, like a social accountant that is like, Hey, so, um, you know, you're turning 25 now and you still have some stuff from when you were like 17 online. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's a few parties back here and there's a, and you were really, really like an activist against this thing that now you're very pro. Do you want me to like adjust that image so that, you know, your current employer or someone 
who doesn't like you isn't going to weaponize it and fire you. It's like, you can scrub it, though, but once it's out there, somebody has it. Like, so well, that's the scary thing about the internet, right? Because there's going to be other companies. So this is why I'm mainly, like, irritated by all this, because I'm a tech guy. So, like, other people are going to have databases of all that shit to bring it back. Well, but also, I'm in a money. And I grew up on the internet. So, mm-hmm. like, I am among... Like, I was raised by the internet. I was raised by my single mom, and I was raised by the computer. Um, and so... Like, the tenant is that once it's on the air and it's there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not 100% true. Some stuff does actually get lost, which is bewildering to me. Um, it does, unless you have an enemy who's saving it. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so then, other, more unscrupulously moral, dear listener, <laughs> you should uh, get on the ground floor of a company that basically just keeps everyone's personal information all the time. And then blackmails everyone. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible plan. No, listen to it. It's interesting that your brain automatically swings to more curated. Because like, yeah. what we've been doing is more and more curated. And now when we look at other people's profiles on Facebook, we all kind of assume that it's a lie, right? Oh, yeah. Well, totally. that's, that's the mask. Absolutely. And my, my perfect world is that it becomes so out there that we all are forced to be more honest. And then we all start seeing the humanity and it's less and less curated. We're going, look, we're all idiots. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I hope will happen. Yes. I'm sure, absolutely, there's going to be people scrubbing it and trying to maintain the mask. And, you know, especially people who make their bread and butter off their public image. Yeah. But my assumption is that we're on the rise of that curation and it's going to start to drop. I hope so. Maybe then I'd engage with social media. Because <laughs> I, I, I can really only be myself. Mm-hmm. I struggle to wear a lot of masks and then not get depressed. So I can wear masks. I'm human, mm-hmm. but it like the toll on my health is actually more <laughs> than I think for some, <laughs> I just like being myself. I like being authentic. Yeah. I like having this voice. Right. Um, and so, uh, and I mean, that's one of the reasons why I was like, Hey, I want to talk about this recent thing, even uh-huh. though this is like podcast suicide and like, yeah. that's pretty good. It's perfect. Uh, um, because, and that goes back to the point. So, like, the overall, uh, we're both adding a lot of context to the cultural narrative, but I think that's important because that's kind of an interesting box to open for people. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, like, the undercurrent of this is, like, I think the solution is empathy and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Not, like, instantaneous forgiveness. Not, like, well, like, I was an asshole last year and you still kind of act like a prick, but hey. Can you define forgiveness? Uh, so, to me... Forgiveness is about. Can I define forgiveness? Man, I've read books on forgiveness, but it's been a while. Well, uh, just, that, that concept is so sticky to me, maybe because of my Christian upbringing. It's like you just forgive. And it's like, ah, oh, the angels sing. But I don't, I think empathy really nails it for me, but forgiveness yeah. is struggling to connect. So, um, and I guess I tie empathy into forgiveness so that it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness to me is my capacity to give people room to prove me wrong without holding um, an expectation over their head or without um, like loading the deck against them because I just know they're going to do X, Y, Z again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so forgiveness is like a moment of vulnerability from me to be like, um, it's kind of like, it's not letting them off the hook, but it's actually letting me, like, personally, me, energetically unhook from them. Right. 
I'm so instead of holding all this, sorry, choosing to be optimistic about their future because you're not decide, you're not putting them in a box based on their past. Right. It's not that and you're forgetting about their past. It's not that it like never happened. It's just, okay, you, I know that you can change over time. Let's see which direction you're going now. Well, cause that poisons me. Yeah. So this comes, this comes back from like the Dan selfish thing sometimes, but like that resentment or that ledger. Okay. So we also did an episode. See, this is why this will be good. We're going to get an episode of like a hundred. It's going to be like, okay, we did three episodes on this. <laughs> I just like tying stuff together, but like we did a thing about like having manuals for others. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness takes rules out of that manual for me. So when I forgive someone, I'm actually like mentally scrubbing a thing saying like, they're, they're a doer of this thing. And I have to keep, I have to stay vigilant. Instead, it's just like, um, I forgive you of that. You made a terrible mistake and you look like you're like, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just like, I can let go of that emotionally, um, and give them enough space to change. And if they don't change, I mean, then I set up boundaries and stuff. Right. But, but boundaries to me have nothing to do with forgiveness. Right. Like I can forgive slights and also not let people manipulate me. Right. Right. Um, so I think forgiveness is just the same as like, so I, I don't parlay in a lot of like cultural dance, um, but I do like please and thank yous. I do like hellos and goodbyes to close loops. And forgiveness to me is, a, is the way of closing a loop on a misunderstanding or a slight or a mistake. Um, where like it, it, it finishes that loop. It doesn't mean they don't get to loop again, but it's the same as when you say goodbye, it's not like you're going to meet someone again. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's just like, it, it'll, it gives them enough room to change. It stops that original action from creeping in and poisoning any connection you have in the future. Exactly. And so that's the way I look at forgiveness. Uh, but, but to look at it that way, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning on empathy and compassion, right? Right. Like that's the, that's the vehicle for me. The vehicle for me is not um, necessity of doctrine. Right. Like it doesn't come from a, like a, a good book style reasoning. I like how forward thinking that is like, okay, so here I am now, where do I want to go forward with this person? I'm going to give them the space to change versus some people's idea of forgiveness is let me do a Ted talk with the guy that raped and murdered my daughter because I forgave him. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> am I a bad person? Because I don't think <laughs> I could hang out with the killer of my daughter. I'm not sure. I like how forward thinking it is, which might be the same thing that person's doing on the TED talk. And I just don't understand it yet, but that's why I wanted to define what forgiveness was when you're saying that. Good deal. So do you have an exercise? Uh, I think my, the type of exercise in this type of conversation I would like to pass forward is mm-hmm. just one of like practicing empathy and understanding. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's what I do with people I talk to a lot because I, so both my mom and I are like innately skilled at playing devil's advocate. And it turns out that devil's advocate originally is a smart ass thing. Cause you can just make people angry, <laughs> but, but okay. So dear listener, if, if, if all your life you've been really good at playing devil's advocate, and people are annoyed as hell about you. Be proud because it's actually to me anyway. <laughs> cause a, you're like Dan, <laughs> a very, yeah. Cause you're like this talking head on the radio. Uh, I found it a relatively easy path towards understanding and practicing empathy. Mm. Um, because in the same way where you can devil's advocate into a position just so that you could like uh, dig it out more to get a better idea. Um, if I do that like emotionally and thoughtfully and do that transition, then I can be like, okay, what was I like 10 years ago? Um, what am I like now? Uh, 
what, how, how did that all work? Like, how did that all come together? And then I look at the person I'm mad at <laughs> and I'm like, what are they doing right now? Ah, okay. Where does it look like they're going? What may they be like in a couple of years? And then you just kind of do a thing. Or, or I look back in their timeline and I'm just like, damn, well, when they were like 15, it was nuts. And like, now they're being a little bit crazy at like 25, but like, I can see where they've grown. It's the same. It's the compassionate eye that I give to myself, right? right? Dan, you're not perfect. You haven't totally arrived at all the stuff you want to do. And yet I'm really proud of like where you've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is funny. Cause so, and so I would recommend doing that with someone who's just really pissing you off right now. We live in a mass media world. So you have lots, yeah. uh, even if it's not someone in your family or otherwise. Um, but it's, it's the same as like, cause that's the eye that I had around like the James Gunn tweet specifically. I was like, Oh shit. I had no idea. He was such a kind of disgusting asshole just doing like cringe comedy, like back 10 years ago. I'm so proud of it right now. The dude seems like a really, really stand up, like good role model. And like, that's where my heart was. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you, James. God, like, fuck. Yeah. Like way to overcome like this niche you cornered yourself into. And instead you're like doing all this cool stuff that people love. And you're like this really good, like public figure. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended up with this like optimistic light about the thing of being like, see, people can change. That, that was a thought. I had this thought, see, people can change while he's being fired for his past. And it was like this conflicting feeling that caused me to type at you on Messenger. Well, the hope is in 10 years, the people who are firing him have now outgrown the impulse that caused the fireman. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> well, especially with like the future generations coming up. Mm-hmm. They seem to have like more of a naturally empathetic eye. Like they're also part of this wave, but they're like in the wave. So they, ha- they have less room to get over the bump. Right. Um, so I'm really excited for like our kids and our kids' kids. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for forgiveness, even though I, I struggle with the articulation of exactly what it is. Um, the guy who wrote Bulletproof, he actually has this thing, it's called 40 Years of Zen, where you go and you learn how to meditate. And okay. it's basically sitting down and learning how to forgive people. And they watch your brain waves. And every time you actually forgive somebody, you're like, it's like it puts like a crimp on a leak in your brain's ability to function. Cool. Like you're, you just level up how much you, brain power you have because it's like you're just like see, seeping out all of this energy to be angry and judgmental about all of these people. And once you like cut all those off, it's like you're claiming your own, you're taking authority over who you are right now and you're deciding who you want to be instead of living in all these past things that may have pissed you off about what James Gunn said 10 years ago, whatever. Now, the interesting thing about that, I know we're mm-hmm. ramping out here, but. Yeah. Um, is like um, that aggressive energy though is a very important part of the life cycle of victims setting boundaries. So like that energy of being like really angry is sometimes what people allows people to like, um, like change their life circumstances or like get away from negative situations. So on an individual single human level, it's super useful. It's just really weird to see it. Um, wielded by a society because mm-hmm. on a society level we're not using it to set boundaries we're using it to destroy that, that'd be my closing note mm-hmm. it's like as like as a victim yeah be fucking mad at that dude that hit you or whatever and get somewhere safe and build a support system and have boundaries to not let it happen again and like anger is actually part of the boundary setting process especially when like there's been trauma um you work through it obviously you don't stay angry forever 
Um, culturally, though, I don't think anger is part of the cultural narrative that leads us to health. Like, like a cultural wave that just crashes against stuff and destroys stuff doesn't seem great. Right. Just so. seems to drop our IQ. Yeah, exactly. Turns us into a mob. Yeah. And then we just get more dangerous with it because we have all this power. Mm-hmm. And then it just generates more fear. Don't piss off the mob. Yeah. Don't record a podcast like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come for me with your stick. That's, that's slightly the back of my head. I was, t- tell- I was telling that to my sister in the diner. I'm like, yeah, Monday I'm going to record a thing that's like a little bit more personal. <laughs> a little bit more and- controversial. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> about a topic also getting fired about something controversial. This is good. <laughs> well, if you get fired, let me know. Oh man, if, but if the car dealership fires me for this, that'd be so weird. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, joining us on uh, yeah. Podcast 17, which may be our last one because we get fired. No, just kidding. <laughs> fired for this. <laughs> Donald okay. Trump will come to a person. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so legit. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. You're laughing too hard to say bye. <laughs> 